Welcome. Hi there. Just one second. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we're good. Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress, Anya. Welcome. Today, I have a very special guest. I've got Andy Gilly from the Horrorphoria podcast, which is still one of my favorite podcasts today. So welcome, Andy. Well, thanks a lot, Anya. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I, I, we really enjoy your podcast as well, and uh, really enjoy all of the uh, all of the things that you're doing in the Level End production as well. Uh, it's, they're really great stuff, and uh, we're big fans. Thank you, and we are big fans of you guys. So it's a nice, it's an all-around nice vibe for everybody. Absolutely. So. Um, you know, uh, we're going to talk about vampires, uh, and you recently did a vampire shoot, which uh, I was really uh, intrigued by. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. You actually yes. had. Uh, well, and that's actually... how we—that's how we kind of connected about about doing this specific episode. Um, this is a bit of a different format than I normally do, and uh, normally what I do is when I have a guest on, I like them to tell me there is favorite top three horror movies and then we talk about them a little bit I didn't want to do that with you here because I want people to go to your podcast and listen to your top five favorite horror movie episodes that you two have done oh because, sure. oh it's so good it's great I, good. I don't even think we need to discuss it here because you guys did such a fantastic job yeah you know my, my favorite horror movies are probably ones that don't merit any more discussion than that I mean they've been talked about to death it's uh you know uh <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, and uh, I don't know, probably, uh, I, 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 I actually, I don't remember what my third favorite one was, but uh, Exorcist, maybe something like that, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know Some what else classics. I would say about those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're good. They're good, classic horror movies that just, there's nothing you can really say about any of those ones. Especially Absolutely. the Evil Dead. I've been having an Evil Dead moment myself lately. <laughs> I rewatched all of them. Yeah, I love those. I love oh. them. <laughs> Sam Raimi is one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's absolutely great. And I, I understand he's got some new stuff coming out soon too. So I'll be looking for that. Um, yeah, pretty me cool. Too. Me too. Yeah. So we recently did a vampire shoot, and it was a bit of a different thing for us because this time we had a videographer involved and we attempted to do just a really small movie I think it was about four four and a half minutes or so and we really wanted to do our own version of that very mythical kind of Bram Stoker Dracula where you've got your main Dracula we in this one he was Lord Vladimir (laughs) great name <laughs> thanks that Love was that. them that was not me that was them <laughs> and uh yeah and he is preying on an innocent young girl woman whatever and uh he basically gets her under his spell and then transforms her and the story doesn't end here we have another shoot we're planning right now actually in part because of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, it's going to be the next segment. And I, I'm very excited about that because we also have the special effects makeup artist that comes. And I want to keep pushing 
the gore. When we did this shoot, I didn't want to do the very typical bite on the neck. I wanted to do something a little different. And so I don't know if everybody got to see the level of detail that we incorporated in that, but we had him bite my wrist and rip out my tendons. Right. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) And oh, that was was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. And so talk, talk to me and our listeners about why you reached out to me. Sure. In, uh, in addition to doing the, the horror foray podcast, I, uh, I'm also a, I guess, I don't know, a hobby of mine is, is writing and, uh, I've, I've dabbled in the horror, uh, some horror novels. Uh, they've, uh, they've, uh, been mostly uh, my, my most popular horror novels are about yetis actually about sasquatch uh it ha- they take place in russia called the uh, siberian incident uh but uh i have uh, I, I write a epic fantasy series and uh vampires are part of that epic fantasy series uh, actually they're introduced in the third novel i believe and I uh, collaborated with another author on, uh, she wanted to do a, she's a friend of mine named Claire Hartley. She wanted to do a vampire romance uh, uh, novel, but didn't really want to do all the world building uh, for it. She just had a story to tell. And uh, so, so she, it's, it's a, kind of a, a story where uh, I, I'm uh, kind of collaborating with her to write some of the more, more of the lore type pieces of this, of this book. And she's focusing on like the uh, romance. Uh, it's kind of an erotic romance with with vampires uh, in it, um, and uh, so it, it was kind of a, a different take on on the world that I built, and it was kind of fun to to see that uh, going. She's got uh, well, we I should say we have um, three novels complete. We decided uh, that we'd go back and do a prequel that didn't really include va- vampires, uh, and the third one should be coming out. Um, here in uh well the second one it hasn't been released yet it should be coming out later in december here the final uh uh, book of that trilogy should be coming out uh, in early spring late february uh, early march so that's um, so exciting it is uh the name of the book is called dominion of the vampire and it's by claire hartley and i i must say i i yes i i've helped her with some of it she's the one who's written it though so um i I can't take credit for that i don't want to act like i'm writing the book or something like that but uh, Dominion of the Vampire is already out. You can go to clairehartley.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-L-E-Y. Uh, take a look at that. It's on Amazon. You can buy it on there uh, for your Kindle or in, in paperback. And uh, the second book, I believe, is called Servant of the Vampire. will be coming out, uh, in a, I think, in a couple of weeks, actually. So um, she should have that ready to go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I did, uh, in, in creating those uh, novels, uh, you know, when you're uh, when you're when you're self-publishing on Amazon, you, you kind of have to uh, look for all of this. Uh, you have to do everything yourself. You know, uh, yeah. if you if you've got a, a agency and an agent, they do like the book cover and everything for you. We didn't really find great vampire art uh, that really depicted what exactly it was that we wanted to. Um, you know, it, it it just didn't depict the characters very well. Uh, there was a couple of different vampire shots and some of the, the stock photo um, services that you can buy that, which is where, you know, a lot of times I'll get the art for my, 
my books. Uh, so I tried to help her out there, but we just never really found anything that was really indicative of, of what the character, what we felt the characters were like. And when I saw, you know, your vampire um, short there with Renee, I really thought it, it embodied uh, Sophia and uh, Lord Tyler, who are the names of the, the two characters, the, the two main characters of her books. So um what what we're you know what i talked to you about is is kind of collaborating with malevolent to uh use some of the art from your shoot as as covers which is how i think we kind of got onto this topic that's right <laughs> so so i'm looking very much looking forward to the uh, second shoot here that you're doing uh late later this year um and um see what comes out of it so early early this uh in 2021 right yeah we're gonna be doing it in january and Part of what Malevolent and myself are going to be kind of heading into in the future, which we will get into more detail when I have her on as a guest next time. Awesome. We're going to be rebranding ourselves a little bit. And part of that is going to be viewing our art isn't necessarily going to be the same free platform we've had it up until thus far. Sure. And so some of the shots that we are going to be doing in this new series um and this is why i wanted to kind of cater one of them for you Mm -hmm. was going to be exclusive to your your cover great and it's you know we're going to be rolling out a more exclusive sort of way of viewing our our images in the new year so great that sounds fantastic i'm very excited about that yeah Um, yeah me too i I know and i can't wait to read your book i am gonna sit down and it's been a while since I've read a vampire book as we're going to discuss some books today. Right. But um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I believe I, I gave you a free copy there. So oh, you can. You did. I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely check that out. My, my novels uh, are, you can go to andrewgilly.com, uh, A-N-D-R-E-W-G-I-L-L-E.com. You can see the, uh, Epic fantasy series is called the descendancy of Chiron and uh, Claire's books are within that, that world. Um, so you can, you can check that out too, if you want, but uh, yeah, very exciting. I know you, you know, you use the Instagram platform right now and I know there's some limitations there, so I'll be very excited to see you kind of unleashed in, in a different uh, uh, format. If it's uh, kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is I've been speaking to a lot of especially Vancouver horror women, and it's really infuriating to me that it's mostly the women that are getting flagged. But unfortunately, it is for some reason. Our art isn't allowed to be viewed in any kind of sexual capacity or anything to do with any pushing boundaries of horror. And that's very, very infuriating because I follow a lot of male photographers, especially in the UK on Instagram and Woo, the stuff that they put out there. <laughs> you see literally organs and body parts wow. falling out of their bodies. And I'm getting flagged because I have some blood on my hand. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that is really unfortunate. So, uh, and that's really what horror is about, is pushing the boundaries. So you don't want to be that's right. limited like I that. Know. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. And I think, you know, um, in novels, you get away with a lot more of that kind of stuff. You read a novel like... Um, American Psycho or something like that. Yes. And it's uh, it goes beyond anything you'd ever see in any kind of movie, you know. So I guess that's one of the reasons I like to express myself that way is they're really 
there there are very few limitations that uh, you know you're going to probably get some blowback if you if your book becomes big, but uh, you have a pretty wide open canvas to do what you want in in, in books. So uh, agree. Kind of what I American Psycho is actually one of my favorite books. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty hardcore as far as if that was a movie, if they shot uh, scene by scene. Uh, Oh, <laughs> it would, you'd never see a, you'd never see it on DVD or anything. Uh, they would, they oh, wouldn't no, let it be no that wouldn't even be NC-17. That would be. <laughs> yeah, I'd go beyond that. Snuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wanted to, to uh, discuss vampires, I guess, with you today. It was something I, I've always kind of wanted to talk about and I thought would be kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the vampire is a creature from ancient fol- folklore that the, the Greeks and the Romans, a lot of different cultures have a creature resembling a vampire. So it, it, and it also transcends Western culture, you know, the Chinese, Malaysian, Japanese, Vietnamese legends, even, you know, tell of like a blood sucking um, demonic or undead creature that resemble vampires. All those cultures have the, uh, have that kind of creature. And, uh, you know, with the exception of a dragon, I think more cultures have a vampiric legend than any other fictional creature, I think. Um, and sometimes I wonder about that, you know, how diverse cultures can come up with such similar stories, uh, like vampires and dragons. So I, I find it really kind of fascinating. Um, and I think it's a really interesting creature, uh, interesting, I don't know, uh, legend, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you know, uh, in a lot of these legends, you see them as, as blood sucking and vile. They're really often regarded as very awful monsters that prey on us right just terrifying ugly creatures um vampires are undead <laughs> and many uh a lot of the older legends like the norse dragger dragger i think it's it's pronounced uh, resembles more of a mm-hmm. like a zombie than the uh like the vampire lestat for instance um right and i know that like rabies is uh, a lot of times equated as the impetus behind the vampiric legend and you know radi- rabies gives you hydrophobia uh, so, the, and that's, you know, a very big part of the vamp, vampiric legends. Uh, a lot of them, there's a, there's like a true story written in a new newspaper in 1855 about a couple that had been married. Uh, they went to consummate the marriage. I don't know. Uh, and fearful shrieks came from their quarters. Uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want more privacy for that, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, some, some people who were concerned arrived and they found the girl's chest torn open. The husband was covered in blood and uh, he died later after very violent resistance. So it turned out he had rabies, you know, but it kind of sounds like a vampire attack, right? Uh, it's not a sexy disease at all. <laughs> and, uh, no. You know, even today, it's, it's almost unsurvivable, you know. So yeah. this is kind of, I think, the uh, genesis of the vampiric legends is you know, a disease like rabies, uh, I think that's where that kind of comes from. So I think in 2020 that we think of them as these very sexy, alluring creatures is uh, (laughs) really kind of a, uh, and, and, you know, this is my own conjecture, I guess. This is my thought on why, why this has changed over the years, I guess. Uh, I I read two things in trying to prepare for your, I tried to be prepared for your podcast here. Uh, so, so I had something intelligent. <laughs> I appreciate <to> that. <laughs> but I read two things that I found really interesting on the subject. One, one is a, a guy named David Dvorkin. He's a science fiction writer and a horror novelist, much more accomplished than I am. Uh, and he makes the point that, uh, you know, Western cu- culture's introduction to vampires really came with Bram Stoker's novel. 
And, and I probably wouldn't dispute that. I think there were legends and other ideas of vampires before that, but the, you know, the mesmerizing guy with the cape and the fangs that we think of as the stereotypical vampire comes from that novel. So uh, he has more to say about that. I'll get into it. But another thing I read was a book called the allure of the vampire uh, colon. I always like to mention that there's a colon in there. Uh, Colon, our sexual attraction to the undead by a guy named Corvus Nocturum is a, a bit of a strange name um but uh this guy is an author a publisher a lecturer he has some very interesting books if you if you check him out on amazon i'm going to be uh getting a few more of his actually is some interesting um you know things that that are kind of interesting to people i guess uh you know uh, uh on these kind of subjects so uh I'm not sure that the allure has anything to be with do with being undead. I, I don't think I'm really attracted to that part of the vampire. Uh, there are maybe some people who are. I'm not here to king shame or anything, but <laughs> there might be. <laughs> right? yep. But no, no right. And, and like I said, not here to king shame at all. But I think the the power, the immortality, and the virility of the vampire is what attracts me to them. I think the that's yeah. the the attraction to uh, Lord Tyler is the main character in in Claire's book, and I you know I think uh, that's uh, that's kind of the attraction to him. Uh, but what the other guy Dvorkin said is that in the 1890s, uh, Dracula was a terrifying monster. You, you know, and and like a lot of people have a lot of theories on this as to. Um, you know, they want to make them a symbol for, you know, Western Europe's hatred of Euro- Eastern Europeans or, or sex or something that the Victorians supposedly were afraid of. But uh, what he said, what I thought was really kind of profound, which is very interesting, was it was because he was a symbolic of a real noble. He was a count. He wasn't the nice noble prevalent in the literature, literature up to that point, you know, who rescued virgins and married them at the end of the novel. He was a ruthless mm-hmm. tyrant bent on power. And Dvorkin says that Dracula, you know, invaded the world of, of uh, Industrial Revolution England, which had already liberated itself from those kind of uh, medieval aristocrats. And that's what made him terrifying them, which I found kind of interesting. Um, Absolutely. So what's the allure then, you know? Um he says that the fundamental shift in our thinking occurred since then. And he basically describes the, uh, you know, he basically describes the hero in, in, in the books that, that I'm talking, that I'm, I keep bringing back my, uh, uh, keep plugging my book, but uh, my, my uh, friend's book, but uh, Lord Tyler, you know, vampires are now the cool kids. They're brooding, introspective, angst-ridden, romantic. You know, he's now a mysterious mm-hmm. but powerful being who, you know, might have sex with us and make us immortal. So <laughs> it, it sounds sexy. <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so he, he also, you know, uh, Corvus Nocturum, I think, makes the point that, you know, va- vampires were creatures of the night. That was a terrifying time if you're not a 21st century uh, person. My uncle was just telling me about a guy he knows who underestimated the time a canoe trip was going to take him down the river, ended up spending the night trying to sleep in his canoe. And uh, his words from my uncle were in a very uh, terrified tone. Do you have any idea how dark it is in the wilderness? And do you know what kind of sounds there are in the woods at night? (laughs) (laughs) So... I can I can only even you know, imagine. I, I don't know because I live in the city. So in the 21st yeah, century, yeah, so the night I mean. means something very different. You know, it's a time when we go out. Very exciting things happen yeah. when we stay up and stay out. I mean, I don't have any good stories from my single days that happened before 1 a.m. You know, uh, so yeah. 
True. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're, you know, you see a serious transformation here after Stoker's novel and the underlying, you know, there are underlying sexual themes to it. Victorians were much more sexual than we give them credit for. And I think that you might even say they were obsessed with sex, actually. Uh, you know, in Stoker's novel, I don't think there's a, this is any better represented than Jonathan Harker's encounters with, uh, you know, Dracula's, I, I don't know if you call them concubines, but the three women that he encounters there in the dream. Oh, um, yeah. They become his concubines. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. exactly. So, uh, you know, the, a quote from Stoker is, there was something about them that made me uneasy, some longing, and at the same time, some deadly fear. I felt in my heart a wicked, burning desire that they would kiss me with those red lips. So <laughs> this is that's pretty sexually yep. charged, right? Yes, it is. And it is it is exactly how you said. I mean, it all comes down to power. It's him with these submissive other women that are submitting to him it's power it's his presence it's i'm gonna take over i'm gonna be scary and everyone needs to be terrifying and that in itself is sexy absolutely sure it is you know and and you know Mm -hmm. what what jonathan harker says here is not something i probably feel about three rabid foaming at the mouth people uh or you know three (laughs) norse dragger you know uh it's uh vampires depicted here are different um they yeah. Those now, Jonathan Harker, you know, uh, he he rejects them. He he is the proper Victorian man who who you know uh, goes against their advances. He's not you know he pushes them away. And those who succumb to the sexual advances of the vampire, like Lucy, had to be appropriately punished in the novel. And I and I think you know Van Helsing staked her heart, cut off her head, and burned her, if I remember right. But. Uh, so, so it isn't exactly like we're wow. uh, able to, uh, you know, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, you aren't uh, allowed to really be, uh, um, the characters in the novel aren't allowed to be, uh, you know, d- d- taken in by the vampires, that there is punishment for that. But uh, I think it's one step that kind of brings about this kind of vampire that we see here today. Um, and I think the next thing that kind of changes, you know, in between um, the next thing that kind of changes that I should finish my sentence is Bella Lugosi's depiction of Dracula in 1931. But in between that, we have, you know, Murnau's uh, uh, Nosferatu, which is not a sexy vampire. Um, no, <laughs> no. If anyone. Yeah, I haven't even seen it. I'm almost embarrassed as a horror buff to say that. Yeah, I see. Um, I saw you said that. But anybody anybody knows what that image is you instantly think of yeah i mean to this day it's it's still a very terrifying depiction of a of a vampire i think uh he almost has almost has a rat-like look you know he's like a, you know oh yeah uh so in between there and and you know that that was a retelling of bram stoker's uh novel uh bram stoker's estate sued uh murnau i think that's how you pronounce it right murnau i only ever read these names i never actually uh Say them to Say people them. who care how I pronounce <laughs> yeah. them, but um, you know, they she actually uh, sued the, the the wife of Bram Stoker, actually sued uh Murnau for uh, this story, and that's one of the reasons I think that that uh, it's very hard to find a complete copy, or there has never been found a complete copy of uh, of Nosferatu, um, and we and we just have certain pieces of it uh, these days, but uh, you know, the next you know, depiction that I think changes the view of, of vampires is uh, Lugosi's depiction of Dracula in 1931. Actually a lot more suave and sexual than Bram Stoker's original. 
And I, and I know, yes. you know, these days we think of Lugosi's Dracula is kind of cheesy, you know, whatever, you know, but it, but I, it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty sexy back then. And I think, you know, uh, Oh yeah. He, he was a sexy man. I honestly, yeah. I, I looked at, re- I looked at pictures of him as I was kind of looking some, some information up about him. And um, I didn't realize you take away all of that makeup. He was a, a dapper looking man. Absolutely. A great looking guy. And, uh, and again, I think mm-hmm. you have a power, uh, the power and everything that he brings here. And I, and I, and again, he's this aristocratic, uh, you know, Eastern European guy who, uh, the aristocracy we thought we'd overcome in the United States. And here he was to subjugate us again. You know, <laughs> I think there was a, there's an allure to that. There is a, a, a absolutely. You know, and, and it kind of, so it kind of changes that to, um, you know, something like the Murnau Nosferatu depiction, uh, which I think is a more traditional depiction and probably in the, in the 19th century is what you think of as a vampire uh, to something a little more, uh, appealing uh, and then i think the big the really big step was christopher lee's hammer dracula i think this one mm-hmm. took it one step further and, and a lot of the scenes in like the 1958 dracula were even more overtly sexual and uh you know lee skipped the sequel he's back for dracula prince of darkness if you've ever seen that in 1966 uh and uh, obviously attitudes about sex were kind of changing in the late 60s so um i think he more than anything uh up to that point changed that uh dynamic and really made dracula very very appealing very sexy yeah well i was reading when i looked into this that that movie is where in in the visuals it became really obvious where they changed it that he added in red contact lenses he added in the prepared stakes, his brooding sexuality. So I guess up until that point, from what I looked into, none of that was really encompassed by a specific actor embracing that role until yeah, that absolutely. movie. And, and I think, you know, Christopher Lee kind of was embarrassed by his uh, depiction of Dracula. I've heard it was, it was something he kind of downplayed. He wasn't really proud of that, but I, I really think he did a great job of depicting. If you've seen these films, it's kind of surprising to think that they came out in like the late fifties, which I think of as almost like a Victorian time. I don't, I don't really know. I wasn't alive then obviously, but you know, uh, when I think of like the, the era in which, which my grandma grew up and, and stuff that, that it just doesn't seem like it would have been a, like the late sixties where it was, you know, uh, more uh, liberal attitudes towards, towards sex and stuff. So um, it, 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 uh, it, I think it's it's really interesting when you actually watch these movies, how um, how and again, you have the power dynamic of Dracula and stuff, how how kind of sexual it is, you know, uh, and I can't really describe it any better than that. He really brought a lot of, uh, of, of that to the film. And I think he really did a lot to push it that way. Um, and I think the next step toward mm-hmm. the kind of vampires we have today, uh, you know, the, I guess other fiction kind of contributes to that in varying degrees. You have like Vampirella debuting in 1969. And I, I don't know how obscure she really is. Um, I, the, the, yeah. She was a comic yes. book. Is that right? Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the comic uh, books right now she was in, but she was kind of a 
host or whatever, kind of like the Elvira of this, of these, some of these horror comics in the sixties. Uh, she had a Renaissance in the nineties. Right. That's how I kind of know about her because of my interest in comics uh, in the nineties. But um, you know, this is obviously a very sexualized female vampire who, you know, uh, is more powerful than you. And that's, that's an appealing thing. Absolutely. But, uh, so this is 1969 when she comes out, I think by then it's, uh, you know, vampires have, have kind of attained a, a level of allure like that, that, um, uh, you know, just didn't exist 50, 60 years before this. Um, and of course then, in the seventies, you have Anne Rice's novel interview with a vampire comes out in 1977, uh, 17 years later, it's transformed into a movie with very sexy Tom Cruise playing the lead vampire Lestat. And obviously Brad Pitt, I'm a cis oh, male. Yeah. I'm a cis he did male. It for I think me. he's damn sexy playing, playing Lou de oh, a lot. You know, it's funny. It's funny because when that movie came out, I, I'm oh. a huge Brad Pitt fan, and um, there are so many women that just don't like Tom Cruise. We just yeah. don't like him. And if they hadn't had Brad Pitt there, I don't think that movie would. You know, I think well uh, it did. Actually, Honestly. Anne Rice was one of them who did not uh, care for the idea of Tom Cruise playing her lead character. She was not uh, not real thrilled about him because I guess uh, you know, first of all, Lestat is supposed to be rather tall. I think. Um, and depicted in the novel. So, and obviously he's blonde, which they did change Tom Cruise's hair to blonde, but, uh, you know, it just was not, she was not, I guess, very thrilled with his, uh, casting, but, uh, apparently he did. Yeah. I I think he did. I think the, and I I think the movie is memorable and probably, I mean, I haven't, I've seen a few of the other ones, but I, it's probably the better, the best of uh, depiction of her, of her novels on film um, was the first one that came out in. Oh, agreed. Queen of the Dead. No, it's not very good. But... <laughs> I, I can't. I but, can't. Uh, I love Delia. Yeah, I, I like Delia. Exactly. I, I absolutely. But, um, you know, um, and I think, you know, this, this novel inspires Twilight, I think. Uh, I don't know a lot about Twilight, but um, you don't <laughs> <Twilight>. need to. <laughs> You're not missing yeah, anything. Exactly. But, you know, tw- Twilight inspires a lot of non-vampire erotic writing, like Fifty Shades of Grey. And there's countless vampire romance, erotic vampire novels, one series of which I'm helping to write, right? So um, I think that, uh, you, you know, at this point, it's it's fully evolved. We Vampires are thought of as as, as sexy sexy beings who are you know there to uh um you know that it's an appealing thing it's not this uh gross vile creature uh that comes from disease people violently murdering others in the country uh, side uh you know now they have this great allure and power and might seduce us and share that power with us you know um i think vampire Mm -hmm. vampirism is always considered a curse in these stories but you know I'd consider taking a bite from somebody like Vampirella or, you know, Aaliyah Zakasha. (laughs) I mean, I like the sun and I like food. Most of these depictions, vampires aren't allowed to eat anything, but puking scene from what we do in the shadows is kind of reminiscent of that. I think it happens, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I'd consider that. (laughs) So I think that's kind of my thought on how it, uh, how it kind of uh, evolved from uh, this, creature that uh maybe had its impetus in 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 rabies to uh to uh, something that we, we most people consider very alluring today 
Well, I wonder what the future is going to be in film with with vampires because where can they really go from here? Yeah, Are they right. going to start having children? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know that that's... Um... I don't think that I, I think generally the vampires are, are they, they don't. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think that, no. uh, that I, I know in the series that I'm, I'm helping create uh, the, the vampires cannot procreate. Uh, so. <laughs> well, in the, in the, um, in the twilight series, I, this was one of those series where everybody was reading the book and everybody around sure. me was talking about it. So I ended up, attempting to read the first book and oh it was so poorly written it was un unreadable I don't even I don't know if I got through half of it plus it is really littered with these very passive aggressive religious undertones which I didn't I didn't love um so I I you know but uh they did actually have the main character that's right I, I, that's right in the third novel that's and how they it have ends, a baby isn't it he, he okay <laughs> yeah. so this is yep. not a problem for the twilight vampires all right well i mean they're pretty <laughs> they live in california they right you know they just are have money for no reason it's just it's so ridiculous i can't yeah i, can't I, get I, on I remember uh, I, I was taken to the theater to watch this and uh when uh yeah you were taken to the theater and uh i remember when uh when he was approaching the sunlight i was excited to see him start smoking or something like that get burned and then he started sparkling and that was uh yeah it was very very disappointing to me (laughs) yeah he's no diamond come on now so so that's kind of my i don't know that's i guess my you know it was really it was embarrassing that those series of movies were filmed really close to where I live and they were everywhere. Every, I mean, the only thing that I am going to give kudos to for those series of movies is they really um, integrated a lot of native and indigenous um, places. And so everywhere the vampires were was representative of indigenous people here and so i i liked that and they used indigenous actors and i liked that too but it's just so unfortunate because it's just so (laughs) terribly written and terribly acted and the cinematography wasn't good and if you could believe it or not it inspired an even worse written erotic series so um uh 50 shades of gray there uh, that was uh inspired by twilight I preferred that. Did you? <laughs> I preferred it, honestly. Yes. Twilight just was, I don't know. It was too in between sure. the generations, I guess. When I was watching it, all I could think of, there's so much potential here of what could be done. You could mix a Lestat with an American werewolf in London. And man, the, the kind of oh, gore that could come from that could be amazing. Yeah. The, but premise, it I, was, the premise was really it cool. Was, I, I really did like the premise. Um, although, I don't know, werewolves versus vampires has been done a little better in, in other in other films, yeah. too. So, uh, But... Uh, but yeah, I, I I definitely didn't care for the yeah. sparkliness of the uh, of the vampires. That's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but um, but speaking to that, well, why don't we talk about the yeah. movies that we do love that Absolutely. embrace vampires? Um, I think both of us 
And the first one on your exactly. list is the same as the I, I first really one think on my that list. Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola is probably my favorite vampire movie. Um, you know, it sticks with the with the story. I think it does a good job of um, you know incorporating the story and, and the gore and the sexiness uh, along with the kind of vileness and and uh, scariness of the vampire. Um, and, I, and I really liked that. Absolutely. So, Oh, I do too. My a couple of my favorite scenes from that movie are within I don't know if it's supposed to be within a 24 48 hour period, but you see him in the town meeting or seeing Elizabeth and he has got the yes. long pretty hair and the old glasses and hat and then you see him later at his house where he's stark right. white and he's hideous and with the long nails and the gangly skin and oh I just I loved everything about I really liked that, that too. I I, I think there I think that is, you know, when I think of vampires, that's kind of what I think of. There's this it's almost like um there is like this duality where there's this very attractive, very suave, very sexy thing, but then there's this like uh, you know, thing from hell too that uh, is uh, vile and to be uh scared of mm -hmm. you know and, and i thought they did a just a excellent job with depicting both sides of uh, of dracula there you know it kind, kind of that it's i agree it's with this you curse but it it also gives you these really really kind of awesome powers right <laughs> so yes and who could they have picked as a better role for that than gary oldman i don't Absolutely think not. anyone else no that, that was that, that was well fantastic as... the casting in that movie was great i mean it, it really was fantastic um i, I loved anthony hopkins as van helsing he did a job he was kind of hilarious yep. in some of the scenes I, I i really loved him um of course uh, keanu reeves jonathan harker was actually good you know i, I a lot of oh. times i i'm not impressed by um especially in that era with uh, with some Keanu Reeves acting, um, but uh, I think he did a really good job there, um, and and just everybody, uh, I, I was very impressed with the with the acting in that movie, and it is definitely my favorite uh, uh, vampire movie of all time. I think. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have the Lost Boys on here, which is uh, one that I also enjoy. I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, what what do you like about that? Oh, everything. I, and I mean, I think a big part of why I liked it is because it's, it really reminds me of when I really found my love of horror movies. Um, I like, I liked the eighties elements. I like that they brought in this vampire clan that you don't really know very much about them at the beginning. And you see them riding around on really cool looking, you know, um, motorcycles and they're the bad guys and they've got piercings and then later you see them hanging upside sure. down from <laughs> caves and they're almost these dwellers that live underground and i just mix in there Kiefer sutherland yeah. who is amazing and just nails that role along with jason patrick again it's this neat duality blonde and he's like really out there this big personality and then you've got jason patrick brunette he's very quiet but very impactful so i thought i just loved it loved everything about it it made me want to go to the boardwalk <laughs> how about that how so about that much. sax solo too oh my that, that's what i remember from it 
<laughs> Fiery sack solo. You know, Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele pays tribute does. to that he movie. He does, doesn't he? You're right. That, that is. I, yes, he does. And he, part of it, which I, I loved, and I, it took me a couple scene, uh, times watching it to actually really pick up on this, but it, The Lost Boys is being filmed at that opening scene. That's where right. Where they're there with their That's daughter. right, it is. I forgot about that. And he, oh, I just, <laughs> I loved that, that, that tribute. Yeah, that was really that awesome. That's because, right. Yeah. I, I forgot about that part of us. Um, I think uh, another mm-hmm. one I really like is Nosferatu, which you said you haven't seen. Uh, no, I can't believe so I haven't seen it. So tell me a, about it. I think there's a certain like uh, kind of uh, scariness that it gets from the silent uh, part of it. it. You know, it's it's a silent movie, um, and just mm-hmm. the I, the makeup in it is amazing for uh, for the era. I, I, for 1922, uh, it, it is amazing makeup. If I went to the theater in 1922, I, I think I would just think the actor looked that way. I, I, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's some great makeup. And I think it's to this day, like it, just the way the actor, um, you know, played this, uh, this role is, is, uh, is amazing. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know that it's a complete movie, but because you know, the, the Bram Stoker, uh, tale is, is, uh, the story from the Bram Stoker, uh, is basically analogous to this one. You can put the, pieces together and it kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh makes uh, some sense but uh the imagery in the movie is just just so terrifying and, and scary to this day that uh it it is a I, I think it remains a really great vampire movie now not a not a sexy vampire at all uh this is this is what uh you know <laughs> this i think is a more classic depiction of a vampire when somebody who you know, in 19, in, in 1555 went out to, uh, travel at night. Maybe, uh, this might've been something they would have been scared of. So, uh. Well, I mean, even just the idea of walking down the street and seeing that thing lurking behind you would be terrifying. I would love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. That and I think, now. you know, you, you see aspects of this movie paid tribute to in a lot of like the, in a lot of you know, vampire movies, like when he stands straight up from his casket, uh, you know how he, he, I'm sure you've seen that scene where he kind of like uh, levitates up from his casket. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some other shots in Nosferatu that uh, have been paid tribute to so many times. They're almost like, you know, a uh, a rite of passage or something you have to put into a vampire movie these days. So, uh, so I think it's really, right. it's, it's still a really great Not movie. Now, you have, uh, I haven't seen this one, but you've seen uh, the Willem Dafoe movie Shadow of the Vampire. Um, and I, and I haven't seen that one, but yes. I understand that's a really interesting look at the Ugh. making of that movie. Well, yeah, it, it is Willem Dafoe as the actor playing Nosferatu and the entire time it is this man being Nosferatu. So when they are not filming, he is still Nosferatu <laughs> and William Willem Dafoe as a character actor to begin with that he's almost playing sure. these two other characters and wow he nailed it I mean I haven't seen it to compare but he did exactly what in my mind is the movie and and he looked exactly like that character and it's 
a slow burn, but it was so impactful. I felt like I didn't even need to see Nosferatu because all of those major scenes that anyone has ever seen when it comes to that movie, they were done in, in Shadow <laughs> That's Bird excellent. Empire. Now, uh, I think that this is a German movie, correct? So is, is he a German in this movie or? Oh, was it? Okay. No, I, I thought Nosferatu was, was a German movie. I, I, yeah. I can't remember, but uh, that's... I, I, you know, it is, but I think for cinematic purposes in North uh, America, they went with English for that one. So, but I'm just going to, I'm going to quickly double yeah, check. Willem Dafoe is a great actor. It. I love to see him in more horror. Uh, he, you know, he was in, he was great in Demon Knight. If you saw that uh, Tales from Crypt movie uh, back in the 90s, really loved it. Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe is actually from the same state that, uh, that I live in, so. He, he's from wisconsin here so oh. uh he's in and i just i'd love to see him in in I more horror movies uh i think everything that he's in he's he's great but uh absolutely amazing. uh I did you see, see antichrist that. uh I, I haven't seen that one i'll have to check that out wow. but uh that maybe okay <laughs> warning when you watch but that uh, <laughs> i've seen passion of the christ you're not not passion the, the um last temptation of christ and he's he's really good in that as well um and uh i guess you know that speak the just the german part of nosferatu makes me think of uh let me in which is is another actually one of my favorite books and oh. i've read the book as well it is, it is it is absolutely one of my favorite uh, depictions of a vampire as well i i really love uh, what the author did there with, uh, with, you know, the vampire familiar relationship, um, as far as like the older guy, you know, everybody thought it was, was her, but it, it, was, it was her dad, but that was actually her familiar, you know, and he was doing things for her and, yeah. uh, you know. Now, are you talking about the original? So or I, the I'm talking North about American the original. Movie. It's been a long time. I saw the one with, uh, Chloe, yeah. uh, I forget what her name is. Uh, the the Moretz, yeah, uh, who played Moritz, uh, Hit something. Girl, um, yeah. the actress who played Hit Girl, and and I don't remember. I think that was actually my. F yeah. I, I watched it first before I ever read the book or movie, and I didn't get a lot out of it. And I'm not sure that, from what I understand, it's very similar to the uh, movie, uh, the Swedish movie. But I I definitely watched the Swedish movie and. Um, and I found it to be just great uh, and, and a, a really good uh, depiction of the mm -hmm. book as well. Um, I think they did everything they could to make it very much like the book. And, and I really enjoyed that. Um, the, you know, the, the guy who's the familiar, the kid who's the familiar, I should say, is kind of a, he's kind of a, a pathetic kid, actually. It's like somebody who would be sought out by, by somebody like this uh, vampire to, there's i think there's a lot of parallels between him and the older guy who uh who is her her current familiar you know and i, I really like that dynamic of it and just how he how she kind of uh mm -hmm. used that older guy you know was, uh, you know you you see a lot of uh, you know where where the, that relationship would be very different in real life but uh, so it's kind of interesting to see uh, her kind of manipulate yeah. him and, and make him do what she wanted uh, him to do uh, to get what she wanted, uh, which I think is is a, a power of a, of a vampire. You know, they, they have this like kind of seduction and allure and they can make us do things because we want to do them uh, for them. 
you know, <laughs> they're very, they've got this charisma that, Absolutely. Uh, that, uh, forces us to do things that we, you know, we know we shouldn't, but we want to do them for, for these vampires. And, um, and I, and I thought that was really well depicted in that film. I really liked it. I agree. I, somebody showed this okay. movie to me without telling me anything. They didn't show me the cover. They just put it in and said, you're going to watch this and you're probably going to love it. And I was mesmerized. I, I felt awesome. like I didn't And that was that the, the uh, Swedish movie. version or the American version? <laughs> It's the Swedish version, yeah. The Swedish version, I, yeah, I tried yeah, it, to watch it. Just, the it didn't, and, and, it and didn't I, like I think it actually took me a long time to watch the Swedish version because I was I don't know if it was really turned off necessarily, but I was just kind of bored by the. Uh, I think you know from horror for you that I yeah uh, that I tend that I can get into some bad movies, but if a movie bores me, that's really where I where I draw the line. If it, if the <laughs> acting is bad, if the effects are bad, I can. I can see past that and try to find something good about a movie, but, uh, uh, and, and I don't know, they, maybe they, they, I got kind of derided for, uh, for silent night, deadly night two this week, but, uh, <laughs> people thought I was being a little too generous with it, but if a movie bores me, if it bores me, then <laughs> and I, it, it really turns me off to it. And I think that's kind of what it did. That's what the American version of let me in did. Um, where the Swedish yeah. version just, it, it, it didn't, it really kind of took me in. And I, I, I liked it. I, I saw the movie first and then I read the book uh, cause I liked the movie so much. So. Um. Right. It, I mean, it's Swedish movies. I, yeah. I hate using the term foreign right. because <laughs> they're not foreign to everybody, but they're, I get foreign yeah. to you and I as North Americans, but any movie that is done outside of North America, they just, they just don't hold back. They don't, it's, it, it's always right. just the caliber is and just I think, better, you know, if, if you there's, I really liked a lot of the other aspects of the vampire, like how she starts smelling bad if she doesn't get blood. <laughs> and, uh, and they really, they added yeah. some things to the vampire mythos that weren't there before that I really dug like that. And, uh, you know, how she, yeah. when she doesn't, when she has blood, she has more power and, and, and whatever it, it's, I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, she's a kid too. Right, Just exactly. that in itself is creepy. That was one of my favorite things about interview with the vampire. I was cursed. I love that as concept. I really kid. love that concept that, you know, oh, she's, me too. Uh, she was turned when she was what, 10 eight or something like that and it's just frozen like in that time even though she's nine, now yeah, you know got yeah. the you know yeah. i don't know how old she was actually supposed to be but uh you know a hundred and something yes yeah. so she's you know, got these emotions of an adult but is stuck in this child's body i think there's really a lot to think about there and and that was probably my favorite part of the interview with the vampire and kirsten dunce really nailed that role for being as young as she was at the time uh just did oh. a great job. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. Love that. She and, you know, nailed, um, it. nailed it. There were, I've never read any of Anne Rice's novels. There's, there's some things I didn't like about it. Like, uh, I, I didn't particularly care for the idea that the vampires were able to live on crocodile blood. <laughs> you know, I think, I think vampires should, you know, have to drink uh, <laughs> rat uh, blood, human blood yeah. to survive. But because uh, I remember that scene, wasn't there like a time when he was 
kept away or like uh, isolated or something like that or badly injured and he had to live in the bayou and drink crocodile uh, alligators maybe yeah 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 ratlins <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple scenes where they refer to that. One of them was when um, he was stuck on a boat and they were going, obviously everything took way longer. And so it took them weeks and he was stuck on a boat and he couldn't just eat everybody on the boat. And so he had to be down in the rafters and all that was down there were rats. And so when Louis got turned, he refused to kill people at first and yeah he was chickens i think and, and i mean that's living it's, off it's a personal opinion of mine i think they you know they should have to drink human blood that's that should be you know unless you're a, a chicken vampire <laughs> you, you shouldn't be able to drink chickens and, and live through it but that's just a personal uh, personal opinion of mine uh and there i'm sure there's there's nothing wrong with it it's just uh and it worked for the story but uh <laughs> just in my personal opinion i think va- vampires should have to drink human blood so um <laughs> but uh yep, I think from dusk till dawn also you know this is one of the ones that you have down uh this is a, a great movie as well and i i, I remember I, I saw this in the theater and i didn't really know what i was going to see and, you know, I was a, I was kind of a Tarantino fan back then. I'd seen uh, Pulp Fiction and some of those other movies. And I knew that uh, I was a, a huge El Mariachi fan. Um, I, uh, I was in yeah. college. I studied Spanish. So I tried to rent some Spanish movies. And that was really the only one that appealed to me uh, was El Mariachi that I had, that I had watched. And uh, so I really loved it. And uh, so, I, so I knew about Robert Rodriguez and having these two uh, directors combined, I thought it was going to be awesome. And it really did turn out to be. But I was I was not prepared for for the turn that took like you're all, I think you're over halfway through the movie before it yeah. becomes a vampire movie. You know, it's kind of a heist movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I yeah. really love that. I, I thought it was great. And and again, here you have like this duality with. um with uh uh who am i trying to think of right now the uh miss satanica pandemonium i can't think of the actress's name why yeah some high that's one of my favorite selma hayek <laughs> yep. yeah so you the have, sexy this, you have this selma. great duality where she's you know this sexy you know woman dancing with a snake and then all of a sudden turns into this monster and 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 kills mm-hmm. a bunch of them <laughs> so I really love that about it too. Yep. I agreed. I totally agree with you. And I think George Clooney also taking that role when it, this was yes. around the time, I guess, where it was after ER and nobody oh, kind of knew about him and his full potential and taking this violent it, it was vampire awesome. movie. It just was awesome. He hit, Oh, the comedy in it, the 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 one liner. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino Quentin, really oh, did a great so job in that in movie. You know, it and was, he had uh, he had been kind of a cameo in his other movies prior to that. I think in uh, um, uh, the you know in, in in Pulp Fiction, obviously he he had a small part, and I think he got killed right away in uh, in uh, the other the other the other heist movie he was in. But uh, uh, you know, it, he he obviously had a lot of screen time in this one, and I, I thought he did a really good job. And, and he was really kind of a, a terrible person in this movie. <laughs> so. 
Yes, he was. Well, this is the funny thing. Yeah, no, he, this role fit him. <laughs> and I, he's one of my favorite directors. I love Quentin. And I don't no, think he is a terrible person outside. But more, most of the times he's in these other roles, they don't really fit him very well. This one was almost a really bad neurotic <laughs> version of him. That's true. Least, you know, that, that's what it that, looks that is true. Like. Maybe that is kind, does kind of fit. But uh and and I loved uh, Cheech Marin, his uh, diff- his different roles in this movie. It was great. One of my oh, favorite yeah. lines is, uh, "What were they psychos or something?" Percent. <laughs> yeah, yes. ev- just everything. Once they get to that bar, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great uh, movie. And, and and I love, I really do love the depiction of uh, of vampires in it. You know, another thing I really liked uh, that's kind of uh, almost like apropos these days is is when uh sex machine who's played by tom savini uh you know great effects artist uh he starts turning and he tries to hide his hands <laughs> you know he's like you remember that so you remember I tom savini's character. i can't remember the scene yeah no. he, so what he he gets bitten in one of the fights yes and then he starts turning and like he, he looks down oh. at his hands and they're vampiric hands, so he hides them. And it kind of reminds me of like uh, if I have a cough or something these days, <laughs> like <laughs> just kind of trying yes, to hide you it. Yeah, gotta quickly just don't, don't want, want anyone to, know to notice. I, you know, I, I don't think I'm sick, but I don't want people to think I'm sick. <laughs> so that's I love that right. scene. That, that's that's just fantastic, that. but. Yes, the movie was so good. And well, speaking of vampires and comedies, yes. I love the next one on your list. I think this what we just really in takes the all of the vampire tropes and the uh, things that we've uh, talked about today as far as vampires go and, and really just does a fantastic job of making fun of them. I mean, it's a hilarious movie, and and I've seen the TV show a little bit too, and they and they do yeah. they delve into it a little bit further with some with some other things in the TV show. But the movie just really does an excellent job of of showing, you know, the life of these these vampires that have you know they're a couple hundred years old. The one guy describes himself that he is, he says he had been a eighteen uh, hundreds dandy or something like that. Mister. <laughs> And there's this whole like, um, yeah, uh, you know, this uh, this yep. poor abused familiar who's who's trying to become a, a vampire, and uh, <laughs> it's almost like a you know, a, you know, some people who work in offices who get passed up for promotions all the time by their abusive boss, and this is this is this. You do, yeah. I you just feel so much it, empathy great. for this. Are, like I said, I, the, I had alluded to the puking scene before, which uh, which is what you know. That's actually based in mm-hmm. in in a true vampire lore that that vampires cannot eat anything else except blood, and that is that the actual actually what happens. They just vomit it up. So, and I think it's very, uh, you know, uh, very very well presented. There, <laughs> the guy just throws up for like five yes. minutes of the movie. It's it's great, <laughs> and just yeah, it's. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not, yeah, makes you feel it's, a little it's bit so queasy, funny. but uh, and, and I. But interestingly enough, so I okay. watched this movie when it came out, and I did not fall in love with it. Oh, okay. And then 
the TV series came out and I absolutely loved it. And what's interesting to me is you loved the movie, but didn't fall in love with the show. show. I I really do. I'm not a huge TV fan and uh, I don't get a lot of time to watch. Usually the only thing I watch on TV Mm. during the week is the movie for horror for you. And it's not, I'm not trying to be a snob or anything like that, but uh, you know, I, I spend my time, my leisure time, doing a lot of writing obviously and and other things uh other than tv so i just haven't yeah. had a chance to watch all of the uh episodes of it and and the, the ones that i have uh watched have been great and i really like the concept of the emotional vampire i, I think that really that really oh he is and it really he's, puts a he's it, one of the it, worst it puts a real there. spin on that where I it's agree. like there are really people like this. <laughs> you know? So so I really, really enjoy the depiction of that character yes. and uh oh, the vampires are even scared of him. <laughs> oh, they are. And I mean, I don't know if you got to this episode, so I'm not gonna give very much away but if i i highly recommend you continue to push through because there's one episode where they have to go in front of this vampire tribunal and each vampire is a vampire from a major oh that's awesome you've you've got danny trejo is there (laughs) really blade is there Oh, that's You've great. got Tilda Swinton is there, so yeah, that's I'm all I'm going to say. Yeah, gonna have to make a priority of that. It was that it was fantastic. great. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, those are kind of my favorite uh, yeah. uh, depictions of uh, vampires in fiction, and uh, it's kind of how I think uh, the vampire uh, mythos has evolved over the years. I guess that's that's my thoughts on it. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm a. Uh, vampire expert by any means but uh i I do write about them occasionally (laughs) (laughs) well in my books that makes you more of an expert than me (laughs) i don't like we well like we sort of briefly mentioned vampires aren't my go-to i don't dislike them i just find there's not enough variety within the vampire world and I, I guess sure. I'm waiting for something to kind of come out there and shock me a little bit. As, as an example of that, it's, I don't like zombies. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. It's, There's it's not really a lot of variety with out, the zombie world. Uh, at and yeah, mm-hmm. at infinitum. To death. <laughs> I mean, you throw in the occasional sure. movie here or there. I really, really, really like 28 Days Later. I thought that movie yeah. was really well yeah. done, but I can't yeah. do The Walking Dead. <laughs> when it's just hate that stupid series but uh so maybe maybe this will be in our future we will all come together and make our own maybe. amazing version of a vampire well i'm, I'm very excited to see what you guys i am bored by that january here uh that's that's very cool and i i really appreciate that you're willing to uh collaborate with me on that uh that's going to be exciting and uh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) not not everybody we will not collaborate with everybody but with you for sure we support you and i'm really looking forward to reading the book and for anybody that is looking sure it's uh you can go to my website it's uh, andrewgilly.com g-i-l-l-e uh andrew is the normal spelling so uh andrewgilly.com uh or you can just go to um to uh amazon.com and type in my name in there uh, andrew g-i-l-l-e 
um, and, and you'll see all the books that I've written now. Uh, Claire Hartley's books, who that's kind of what I'm uh, putting a lot of time into now is my collaboration with her. Uh, her name is spelled H-E-A-R-T-L-E-Y. So uh, it's Claire Hartley, H-E-A-R-T-L-E-Y. Yeah. Well, perfect. Thank Absolutely, you so much and, for coming uh, on today. I understand today. that I really your podcast is now it. available on all podcasting platforms, uh, like iTunes, Spotify, uh, all of those. Yes, it is. Yes, that. it is. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> well, thank you right. for helping. Well, it's been great to talk to you today. Thanks a lot for having me on. And uh, all right, look forward to everything that you have coming up here in 2021. Great. Thanks. And likewise, I can't wait to read your book.